And welcome to Indie Apocalypse Radio, your number one home for unmarketable indie games and all the people who love to make them. I'm your host, your your erstwhile, your number one indie apocalypse guy, Andrew, and I'm here with some guests. And can one of the guests talk very quickly, real quick? Words, oh, yes, yes mouth Discord's... words, memory times, saying things. Oh, thank you. It's working. I didn't have to change anything except the output. I'm I'm an audio mixing genius. Hire me to be your video producer. I know how to use OBS at a beginner level. I might e- I might lie and say intermediate if you have those drop down menus in your job application. But no, it's me. I'm your host. You, if you were just here a second ago, you're like, why is this guy talking like this now? He has a very different cadence when he's a host. Is that what it is? And the answer is yes. I do have a very different cadence when I'm a host. That was, if you're unfamiliar, that is um, the, the, my unofficial intro. Don't tell damnably records that I use drinking boys and girls choir. Keep drinking as my intro. It's a very good um, South Korean punk band. I'm a huge fan of their stuff. Um, that's a little taste into my... Anyway, I got two guests here. You, who you, you probably know better than you know me, if, if um, the last show is any indication. But it's Kate and Zyba from, I'm going to say they're from BitShow right now, but they're from a lot of things. They'll tell you the things that they are from. Um, hello, Kate and Zyba. Uh, you've sorted amongst yourselves who talks first. You're on your own. Good luck. Hi. <laughs> hello. Hello. We are Welcome. here. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Yeah, it's a good time. Happy to be here. I'm recording. I'm doing everything properly. This show is on all cylinders. We don't have... Um, I don't have fancy production because this is primarily a radio show in, in spirit. And if I wanted to do a video show, I would be like, um, I would want way more production. I'm very, very hard on myself in terms of like, I, I understand it, but I'm like, I don't want to do people and seeing the back of everyone's bedroom or their study or their office. <laughs> I want to. I want. To, you, I want to have a. You desk. don't like my wall. My 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 wall with my DDR dance pad and no, my okay, work out have, of myself. My, you my have a there. very. You have a very good Zoom background. It's, <laughs> it's got. I mean, neither of you have bisexual lighting, which I think is required for Twitch streaming. But oh man, my room looks like some sort of cube that has no exit. Like I'm imprisoned here. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like no door, window, or any visible exit. You, you live mean, in the panopticon. You, you are living in that that very standard Zoom zoom dungeon that has no the doors zoom dungeon. like how did that person get to that room i can't I get tell lowered the... in i get lowered in yeah i can't tell the size of the room the dimensions of it how many walls it has but and it's... after i've done enough podcasts for the day a, a rope comes down and i'm allowed to climb out oh perfect that is you're a modern, <laughs> a modern content creator so oh, <laughs> so excited not... i've got some lighting but it's not it's not bisexual enough not sad enough. There, it's, it's it's a very it's it's one of those Is things there particular that particular colors I need to have to um yeah oh wait oh my god wait perfect well I don't know why we're I've doing this radio show here spending all this time thinking about the coloring and lighting nobody can see us I know nobody yeah. we're not uh, we're, right, right. we're not visual this is for this is this is for the edification of myself yes exactly um, this is, uh, I also have to say I love the I'm, I'm looking at your stream right now yeah. and uh, I I am I'm Really appreciate the Isaac N. GIF, my yes, favorite anime. Is, I've learned, I think, I think we all have three, all three Isaacans living inside of all artists. That's true. And at some point, 
I you you inhibit you inhabit one of them more than others. It's like it's the I think it's a new version of two wolves live inside of you all. <laughs> we all three Isaacans live inside us all. I I I've realized that just by force of the necessity of life, I am the tall Isaacan as it turns out primarily. <laughs> yeah, most of the time I'm the short one with the hat. I wish I was the short one with the hat. <laughs> that is in my heart what I want to be. The the high dreaming. But I'm like, sometimes thing, work needs to get finished, you know? Yeah. Sometimes fair. you need to break out your milk and put your glasses on your head. Break and realize out your milk. That you, you must produce art. Yeah. Um, uh, so, Andrew, yeah, I want to make games. I want to make art. I want to make money. Yeah. How can I ethically do that? I don't know. I bet you do it a lot better <laughs> than I do. I bet you're doing a lot better than I do already. <laughs> you got to tell me. <laughs> How do I make money? <laughs> you were on. You had you, you had like a video clip on one of those award shows. I saw you. In yeah, a, don't you have a BAFTA? <laughs> I saw you in a nebulous art space at one point, <laughs> talking about in, like Nvidia or something. Um, I guess my. I mean, it's more like I. I do spend a lot of my time, not all of it, but a portion of it, um, trying to make my stuff marketable. Yeah. Um, mm. and I don't think that's. That's not. That's not bad or wrong, no. but I think I would have even more fun if I could spend less time thinking about that. Yes. No, you're this... spending a lot of time just thinking in these spaces. You're, you're more focused on the, like, let's put the, let's get the good shit out to the world so people can experience the good shit, and I like that. I don't know. I get pulled into this. No, um... let's, let's, be, let's, let's be honest here, Tyber. You were doing the practical thing. I am doing the wildly reckless, impractical, just like nonsense madness thing. Yeah. So help me do more of what you're doing. <laughs> I wish I knew. I I mean I mean I want to like, I have a lot of grand ideas and maybe maybe eventually I want to do a um. Like you know if you're familiar with Suvian Stevens. Yeah. At one point, he was started to do albums for all 50 states, and then he stopped at, like, two. <laughs> he did Illinois. He's like, good enough for me. And I'm like, yeah, Illinois is – I do like Illinois a lot. It's a good album, good place to stop, I suppose. Um, but I wanted to do that for uh, game development, kind of like an Indiepocalypse bonus issue for all 50 states. It's just like, how do I get people to pay me to be able to fund those things, you know? It's the tricky part. And I've looked around, and – Arts funding, if it exists in the U.S., is labyrinthine at best. Yeah. And you need yeah. people to are like – there are people who probably have – people who just, just apply for grants, and that's like the thing they do for their company or for other I'm people. Not, I'm actually – I'm actually um, I've been talking to, with a small group of people about looking at some of the arts funding here in Cambridge right now. And there is um, – looks like there's proposal. It's, it's time to pitch for uh, some outdoor public stuff. That Starlight Square in Central. Yeah. Uh, they're taking applications. I guess other stuff. I mean, there is interesting arts funding. I think that is rarely approached, as far as I know, by game devs around here. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, I think part of it is that um, there's there's not that middle space of the the kind of artists that would get funded by grants funding usually in game development. It's kind of like you're either in your bedroom with zero dollars or you're like you've got funding or you like your ex triple a and you've got a war chest and investors and that kind of thing. And you've got, I think it's, Oh, there you go. No, no, this is the number one rule of any apocalypse radio is if you're talking and Andrew keeps talking, just plow through them and they'll shut up. <laughs> <eventually. laughs> 
I, I was gonna say I think it also I think I and and uh you know I I am I'm not uh very familiar with like you know looking at arts funding myself so I could be totally wrong about this but I do wonder if uh any of it also factors into the fact that so many people don't really know what games are and I don't mean like people know what a video game yes. is right but like so many people like have such a, a like a predisposition in their mind of what a video game is like so many like I feel like people who don't play video games just think I don't know video games like call of duty or whatever and that's all any video game is um like because like i'm this is at least something that we ran into a lot uh when i was a student at wpi um was that like you know god we had like a game development program and still like pretty much anyone who wasn't like a faculty member of that program had no idea what the hell like they like they literally banned uh or like they or they banned but like they tried to give us like a runaround on um like allowing us to have a showcase event in one of in one of like the newer buildings because they said they didn't want any quote-unquote murder simulators in their building and that was the administrators of the school that had the game development program right so it's like these are people that should know it and i wonder like i i just i wonder if the if uh, people who are like if if like that at all extends to like arts grants or whatever yeah and i've definitely found that like when when i did hassle it was like extended beyond just like it was like it was time wasters is what they saw games as like yeah so it was like you know like to them you know call of duty murder simulators and wholesome farming games are like the same thing they're just giant time wasters that you just repeat tasks or whatever you know and then it takes 60 hours and it's like that's where a lot of disinterest comes from in presuming that games are they want to monopolize all your time and that a lot of them are murder simulators. And I think maybe that's like the, the, the old guard is very st- still in the murder simulator camp. And newer people who grew up with them, they're still like, ah, well, they're still just things that take forever, you know? Yeah. And I don't want to spend 80 hours, even 80 hours either just like talking to a squirrel that wants me to go make him a rutabaga and I don't want to spend 80 hours <laughs> being a military man running around murdering other military men. Yeah. I guess that's part of why it's probably so important though for game devs to like try and hunt down uh, like arts funding when they can though. So hopefully it eventually maybe perceptions can change. I don't yeah. know. No, I, I did a show in Ohio that was in a museum, you know? Oh, wow. And I got paid money. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. great. I got yeah, this is why I think doing stuff like the Oh my god, who's this? Oh my god. Who's coming down the ramp? <laughs> it's uh, my but, god, it's Chris with the steel chair. <laughs> that entrance music, it sounds so familiar. I've, I've thought a lot about what my entrance music would be. I have no idea. Okay, well, <laughs> let's get into let's get into a sidebar about that in a second, but after you get to your important point. Um but yeah, so my point is is just that I think it's really important that we are out in front of different audiences, right? And that's why I think the flea market stuff, even if you're not making a ton of money selling games because the people who are there are maybe not interested in buying games or don't know that they're interested in buying games, but just just being out there and talking to people, it's it's very apparent that people don't know that this these types of games exist, right? Normalizing so even, games. Yeah, exactly. I mean, normalizing indie games as as yeah. or no, normal, normalizing games as art as opposed to games as yeah. you know mass market entertainment is it's actually surprisingly important and necessary because you know yeah. within our circles it seems so obvious, but most people just have no idea. They don't know that one person can make a game at all. Especially because I think games as a medium are just so new. I mean, like I know I don't have to tell y'all that, like because y'all uh, mostly y'all way way older than me, but. Um, 
uh like no offense uh, but but, um, <laughs> but it's like it's like i don't know like I, I think like if i recall correctly and i don't know so much about the history of movies but like think about how long it took movies to become like a normal like like thing or like the idea that movies like could be, be like really high art to the general public yeah I, if i recall correctly it took a while and like games are like way younger than movies and have been like progressing in terms of like i don't want to say in terms of quality because like it seems like kind of i guess derogatory to like early movies but um you, like, you, but ga- <laughs> you don't like that train coming at you <laughs> <laughs> you're not a yeah. fan of the horse <laughs> It's like those those ye old cat videos, um, but like games have been like increasing in in like terms of technology and like like techniques and stuff exponentially. Like the you know the ability to make games on even just on your own now, I, I is completely different than what it was like I don't know twenty years ago. Yeah. Um, so I think uh, with that, with 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 games really suddenly becoming a medium and then really suddenly becoming like a popular medium and then really suddenly becoming a really like effective medium for all different kinds of experiences and things also comes with the unfamiliarity of like, I don't know, people who are like, like, uh, like older or like even not necessarily like older, like even like people who just like grew up with more rudimentary stuff, like, you know, the NAS and like the Atari, like it's, uh, it, it, it means that, people aren't as familiar with it and are and it's harder to like shake the perception of i guess what they initially thought it was yeah that makes sense yeah yeah because when i was at last ad hassle i was talking to someone and she was like she works at the brattle and she came up to me because i think i was wearing like a house shirt and we talked about art house cinema and it was like oh i don't really play video games and then i was like well you know you know, it was, it was that thing. Like, video games are just, like, you know, they're just another art form. It's like, ah, I guess I hadn't really thought about it like that. There <laughs> yeah. is that very much that preconceived notion. I think um, the democratization of the tools, you know, like these very low, low rent, very cheap tools are, like, what are really going to be where, like, that art form, you know, kind of like they were in film and every other thing. Like, once it became cheaper and easier for someone to produce their own, you know, albums or films like if i can buy a camera and just shoot film you know yeah it, that's where that like that's where you get the the indie film market from and that's where you get the indie art firm so it's gonna it's not gonna come from you know like 20 person teams working on a reel you know it's gonna come from like one person working in bitsy in the bedroom you know <laughs> or I think like, it's always gonna be it's always gonna be a more complicated yeah. um space to for people to create their relationships with games than most any other media because of the varieties of ways games can be physically interacted with visually presented and whatnot that you have to if you're totally outside of it and you want to find your relationship the way you consume games you got to learn like do i like holding a controller do i want to move with a mouse do i love both do i want to play handheld games um actually this year there's a new kind of rumble is that rumble something that's interesting to me and i want to seek out do i want motion controlled games and like these aren't there's so many uh questions they're not all like they're not all super important to get answered right away but there's so many questions that can at least present to you to be answered at some point in your gaming experience that just are not there in as in, in such a big rainbow with other mediums yeah it's so much easier i think to form your personal relationship and find your preferences within other mediums because you can sort of get quicker to the part where you're like i like horror films i like this i love my home cinema now i want to go to the movies and 
now I know 80% of what I need to know about enjoying this medium. Right, even like... Yeah, it kind of gets to, gets to something Andrew was saying on the, the last show about how, I mean, with like a piece of music or with a film, you know, you press play and it's just on and you just you can just absorb it uh, and sort of passively in some cases, but games really do require you to be present and thinking about it, engaging with the work. Yeah. You, like, I, I only maybe six, four months ago, I guess, started listening to jazz. And it's very easy to just like put stuff on while you're working and sort of slowly kind of become acquainted with the medium and uh, find stuff that you like within it. Whereas with games, it, yeah, it really requires you to put time aside and focus on it. Right. Uh, even 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 in that specific example, I remember when I started to like I'm like when I started to kind of like get jazz, you know, when I was like, oh, oh, I could, like I get why I enjoy this in some cases. I get what makes this one sound better than this one. But, like, it, that's not as apparent as, like, I didn't jump good in Elden Ring and I died, you know? <laughs> and that's why I can't see the end of it. But, I mean, we we also take for granted how complicated controllers are. <laughs> also, like, if someone says, like, in jazz, they're like, oh, if you're looking for a good place to start, here's this 40-year-old album that's yeah. absolutely seminal and brilliant. And it will still hold up in almost every regard. Probably even the recording will be quite good. And someone says, "Well, one of the most seminal, you know, games is you know, Super Mario One. You got to play it. It's so dated in so many ways. The art has advanced, and it's it's harder to um, get introduce people to these pinnacles because you know to get people, they, you have to be nostalgic in such a shorter time frame to enjoy right. these older things in games. You don't have to be feeling like I'm feeling some jazz nostalgia. I need to go listen to some Stan Getz or something. Like, no, that that is absolutely prime stuff now." Yeah, I think I think it'll like over time we'll start to because I I enjoy plenty of older games and I think there is um, maybe I think as the canon will more develop and maybe the canon doesn't include Super Mario Brothers, you know, but involve but like there's a lot of interesting work in games. I think you know age is just fine compared to like modern games because there's like you know plenty of stuff is still full of like bad art style or like clumsy looking art styles and poor controls and everything. And I think some of them will age like, I mean, I mean people, people still really like linked to the past. And I think that game is like holds up perfectly well and that kind of thing. And I think there's a reason some, like they've made so much like everyone plays it still. And why there's like that huge randomizer thing took off and became his whole, whole own thing because like oh here's this kind of like very foundational piece of like games as an art form or whatever and it's kind of like how the pieces all fit together in these interesting ways and how they can interact with each other and like because there is like for as as, um high concept art guys i talk about like i think there is also art and mechanics a lot you know it's not just like i told a good story i I think think also oh sorry uh i didn't mean to interrupt at the end um I think games is also uh, it's, it's kind of like the trifecta of like like games, 3D animation and comedy are like three of the things that are the quickest to age and the quickest to age poorly. Um, like where it's like uh, like I don't know, so I I, I uh, did not grow up with. <laughs> so, so what you're saying is like the worst piece of art of all, the most poorly aged art of all time is Blasto. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, or hoodwinks. R.I.P. Phil. Um, actually, I don't know how much the writing in hoodwinks hold up, but like I remember seeing hoodwinks as a kid and being like, "That's an amazing movie." And then like I looked at the like the trailer recently, and I'm like, "Oh my god, it looks awful." Um, right. And like, but they, it was like at the time, it was amazing. But I think it's like, um, 
I find myself not in a unique situation because there are tons of people like this, but like uh, sometimes like, you know, in games, like I find myself in in uh, a situation where I I grew up with, with like a, a decent amount of Nintendo games, but I mostly played on the Game Boy. Like I didn't have like an N64, um, like my like the Xbox was my brother's. Like I didn't like, you know, so I'm, I mostly was just like, you know, putzing around with like whatever, like, you know, Game Boy Advance game I had and like eventually a DS. So I missed out on a ton of like what are considered like absolute classics of, uh, you know, of, of video games that I really only gained knowledge of through cultural osmosis. And I went back in, uh, I'm, I'm going to be incredibly sacrilegious here. Um, I went back uh, in, oh God, I think it was like 2016, 2017. And I was like, I am going to play Ocarina of Time for the first time. And like, I liked it, but like, I, I, I didn't love it like it was like it was fine. i don't even know if i finished it to be honest yeah. like because because like it, it, like I, I thought it was like and i could totally see how like you know if this was like if none of the other zelda games that came after it or like you know adventure action adventure games or whatever that came after it um existed then i could totally like you know and, and if i try to like transport myself back to that time like i can totally see how like you know, it made such it had was such an had such an impact on people. But if you ask me if you want, I want to play Ocarina of Time or I want to play, I don't know, like Breath of the Wild. I want to play Breath of the Wild. <laughs> um, like, uh, like so, it's like it's 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 kind of like I'm going to be sacrilegious again. This is two times in in one tangent. It's kind of like classical music. Okay. <laughs> no, um, I I so I I play the cello. Um, and I, I played, a, I played a lot of classical music. Um, and for me personally, classical music is a thing where, uh, aside from a couple of like individual songs, like I like stuff by Vivaldi or whatever, but overall, especially stuff by Mozart, I find classical music like really, really boring, um, both to play and largely to listen to. Um, and, uh, but at the same time, at the same time, like, even though like I don't personally like it as much i can really see how all of like how all of the building blocks of the stuff that i do like in music in games in whatever today could come from there but at the same time i don't have like this i guess i don't have this pedestal there's stuff to be learned but also i i feel like sometimes it can be idolized and i feel this way about classical music as well (laughs) so you probably also don't like you're not not a big eternal sonata fan (laughs) (laughs) uh don't worry about it but, uh, but yeah, but is it, is it, I don't know if this is a dumb question. Is there classical music? Is there cello music that's not classical? Oh yeah, they're still putting. It. Oh, I was gonna say, Depend, so, depends if you just find classical as a genre or a, um, a time period, uh, right? Interesting question. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's like, oh man, like I'm I'm, I'm getting such a throwback to to all my my time playing. Like, Does that mean classical is a word just like retro, which could either be the time period or the style? Yeah. Is retro yeah. art classical? Or like, I mean, classic rock, right? Which is like, is it just music from the 60s oh, Nirvana. And 70s? Or is it, yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, they play Nirvana on uh, uh, ZLX these days. So I don't, I don't know if that counts. Also to answer your question, Chris, there are a bunch, there's a surprising amount of composers who are just like, here's an orchestra tune, it slaps. Um, I wrote it yesterday. Here you go. Like it's like, and it and it's like apropos of nothing. Shout out to anything by Soon He Newbold. Simple, but wow. Listen to Iditarod and tell me you don't you don't have an emotion. Yeah, like um, Bandcamp routinely does like best classical of the month. You know. Um, and so. it's like, 
and like she wrote that in like 2015 or whatever and i played it like five times in orchestra because every orchestra conductor was like we're gonna play iditarod because it bangs <laughs> like anyways <laughs> um oh man yeah language language, language is a little language is a tricky one you know it's like it's just why I, I personally don't like like I occasionally I try to avoid the term retro and try to sometimes use the term lo-fi to refer to like mm. lower resolution games that that like go work on uh. like lower res pixel art because because it's not necessarily invoking nostalgia you know in the same way not everyone recording on a tape deck is trying to evoke older recording styles. I mean, lo-fi seems like a very loaded term for different reasons yeah it's, it's listen it's, there's there's <laughs> all terms are loaded you can't yeah. unload a term you know but i i also use lo-fi often as a i'm i'm, I'm a fan of lo-fi so i i i am a, the kind of person you use it in a more positive light but that's Actually, this reminded me of a question that i had earlier which is do you do you know like what the breakdown is of what tool people have made games in for indie apocalypse? Like, are most games predominantly made in Unity or GameMaker? Or I didn't see a single yeah, Unity splash screen last month. No, uh, let me. Let me... Just, it's just a checkbox for it now. I think, right? You can just turn it off. Not if you're not pro. Yeah, and I, a lot of these people I think are not pro. So um, there's a lot of Godot because Godot is free. Oh, interesting. There's a lot of um, huh. RPG. I think beyond, beyond being like free, it's yeah. free. What's the free is in beer versus free is in like, I mean, yeah. the, the, the whole idea of it is to be free and open. Yeah. Right? right. Except for, except you want to publish on consoles and it's like 10 grand or whatever. And grand to <laughs> who? A... To whoever owns Godot. Really? Yeah. Why? Yeah. That's huh. weird. They, yeah, I mean, they wow. probably need to license stuff yeah. from the... So it's not like they're charging you; they're just taking the money. It might be it might be five technically. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't um, remember how that works. Yeah, yeah I don't remember because Sony wanted to charge me ten grand. I think Sony was going to charge me ten grand to use Unity on the Vita. Dang. Huh. Near the end of the Vita's life cycle, so I noped out on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like, RPG Maker, RenPy, Twine, um, Bitsy custom engines uh, you know i think the catamites did it in shockwave made their game in shockwave oh wow god i forgot about the catamites are they still making yeah. stuff yeah they made a game for the koosh issue oh hell yeah it's on the screen right now if you're watching online that, that guy, <laughs> the guy with the microscope that's the, the koosh collab they made a um a, a russian satire game with a have russian, you with the russian artist oh, sorry <laughs> Have you ever had a VR game in Indie Apocalypse? No, I can't play VR, and I tell people that. So like, Fair I'd, I'd have to be able to like understand the VR from just like <laughs> watching videos, you know. But I don't have like a VR setup. My computer may be able to run it. Maybe I don't know. I got a crappy one. You can have if you want. I got an old Windows that I've loaned to Chris for his uh, yeah that thing, setup. That thing worked great. Wow. It's awesome. You don't have to like punch holes in your walls to use it or anything. <laughs> It's a Windows Mixed Reality, which I'm a, as much as I'm not really a fanboy of VR, period, but yeah. I'm a fanboy of, I don't understand why Windows VR flopped, because it's, it's more like a USB hat. You don't have to set up shit all over your house. You just put the USB hat on. I just love the phrase USB hat. Oh, that's really <laughs> good. <laughs> Anyways, Andrew, if, you, if you're interested in VR, I've got this, an extra one set in my closet. Yeah. 
I think I've only ever had one person submit to VR, so that's not a not a pressing concern. I mean, I think VR is is or at least was a space where people were doing a lot of really interesting stuff because they were just experimenting and yeah. putting games on Steam for three dollars because you know you just you just had this one idea and you captured it in a game that is fun for maybe ten minutes and how how else do you sell that thing? Right. So that was a lot of a lot of my early VR days was just buying super cheap you know single mechanic uh, projects on Steam and checking them out. And that was very fun. I think we were originally going to do the Call of Karen in VR. Oh, sorry, you go. Who's that? I think the. Um... Like I was saying earlier, a lot of these small games cut corners to, to just because they just want to express an idea, not polish it out. And the 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 cost for cutting corners in VR, I think, is often just too great to it overwhelms. Mm-hmm. It's hard to successfully express your idea when the end user is struggling to receive it in that medium. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Um, a lot. That's why a lot of them use like prefab engines. You know, like. You know, that's why the popularity of things like RenPy and Bitsy and RPG Maker and all these things are like, well, what I want to do, the engine does a lot of the work for me and it's built for me to easily do the work. So, like, the corners I would cut, well, I don't have to cut them because the engine already did, like, half of the work that comes to building a game was already done for me. Or they use, like, a lot of Unity plugins and that kind of thing. And I think that's, like, a great way for people to, like, oh, I can make more art faster now. And I was talking to um, Nice Gear Games last week. They've seen a lot of Japanese indies use what is in the U.S. called, like, um, Pixel Game Maker, I think. Which is, like, made by Katakawa, who also makes um, RPG Maker. But or Katakawa publishes it. I don't don't remember. I don't remember the developer-publisher, you know, relationships, but the... um, because that's like making 2D like shooters and platformers and that kind of thing. But it's like the same idea as RPG Maker. And I wonder if that would catch on better in like the US as a way of people. It's like, oh, I want to make an action game. I want to make my own Toho's. Uh, and that's a way to make them. And so it's you can make like faster. You can make games more rapidly because all the busy work is done for you already. Yeah, there's also there's something about um, having something to keep on target. The the uh, the limiting of potential of what you could do. You could be like, with a tool like that, there's a certain set of things it's good at, and you're really fight obviously fighting upstream to do other stuff. Yeah, and that can just help keep you on target because I know you know I'll be making something in Unity, and I'll be like, well, you know, it would be a lot of work, but I could wander off in this other direction for this one effect that would be kind of nice, and I can just spend forever. <laughs> doing something overly specific and lose the yeah lose the forest lose the trees through the forest if you're using rpg making you're like you're like i'm not letting ruby forget yeah. that yeah <laughs> that uh reminds me at uh when i went to wpi uh, there's a professor there professor moriarty he has his own game engine that you have to use when you're doing his hmm. classes it's called Perlinspiel, and it is um and it is just a grid it is jo- a grid and you can control things in javascript um and it's like, and the maximum amount the grid can get is 32 by 32 pixels. Um, you can make it smaller. You cannot make it bigger than 32 by 32 pixels. Um, and it, and there's text that you can make appear at the top of the screen. You can change the colors of things in the grid. I think you can put characters on uh, on the individual squares of the grid. Um, but that's that's all you can do. Um, so it's like it's meant to be like it, it, it's meant to like you know to encourage you to think outside the box in terms of your game design. Uh, but I know I know a guy, Vince, Vincent Miller. Um, I think he works at Pocket Gems now, uh, I, although I, I haven't talked to him in a while. That man was a lunatic. 
Like you, like he, he, if for context, you know, you've got your 32 by 32 grid. Uh, he, he, he got it to, to, he got it to run Wolfenstein called it Wolfenspiel. Um, he got a 3d game running in it. Like oh, yeah. I can't I, like, like, I, mean, I simply I always, I would love I, to be able to program good. <laughs> I always forget about Pico, I always forget about Pico 8, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Very joy Pico of defying the perceived yeah. limits. And there's a lot of people, there's, there's a lot of people still making games in ZZT, you know? See, whenever I do you know, like my own like games and I'm doing game design, it is limited, but it's not limited by the engine. It's limited by my programming capability. <laughs> right. Um. And my my 500 line if statement that I did one time, two times, I did twice. Well, I'll do that. If it's if it's true, that's all that matters, you know. It, oh. it, it it's the worst thing I've ever done, <laughs> but it worked perfectly. Tangent to Moriarty. Have I ever told you of the day I met Moriarty? <gasps> no, uh, please share. It was I mean not to build up too much, but it was uh, a long time ago. I didn't live in Boston. I barely was in games. I just sort of started out for myself. I fly to town to a conference. Uh, there's an after thing. I'm drinking. Everybody's drinking. I know one person, uh, Darius Kazemi, I'd met him, and he waves me over. He's like, hey, I wanna, uh, here's this guy I'm talking to. Here's this guy, Brian. And uh, it was Professor Moriarty. I had no idea who he was or anything like that. Um, and he just sort of looks over at me very seriously, and um, I have my sloshing blue martini drink, and he's like, uh, our game's art, go. Um and uh, I guess I took the yes stance and mumbled, I don't know, something with the uh, all the confidence of a Dunning-Kruger idiot who just sort of started getting into games. And uh, what I didn't know was he was actually using me as a, a, a I don't know, a, a whipping post or something because he was practicing for his upcoming GDC keynote talk about how games are not really art. Um, and so I mumbled out some kind of thing. And then he just had like, you know, he wasn't mean about it, but it was, it was actually really fascinating because he had been, for, first off, he's a professor. This is life is in it. And he'd been recently preparing for this huge public speech. And so he just sort of uh, um, danced around me in these, this, this beautiful uh, uh, display of it all. It was actually quite joyful. Um, he didn't make me feel bad about it, but I really was an idiot who stumbled into uh, sort of an intellectual level I had no business playing in. That's so bad. brutal. Uh yeah, I love Moriarty. I've run into a few times after like that. He's a very nice guy. Yeah, he's a, he's a great dude. But also that 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 sounds like pitch perfect, like <laughs> exactly what I think. <laughs> oh, man. Two years later, I was a uh, when he gave this talk, I was a volunteer at GDC, and my job was to actually work the door at his oh, wow. at that talk. So I was badging people. You know, you can't come in unless you got a badge. Uh, he remembered me. He said hi and everything. Went to give the talk, but he also he came out to me and he said, "Here, this is the CEO of." Uh, it wasn't Bobby Kotick, but it was like some of the head of like, it was the head of some, I don't even remember, it was like, it, it might have been EA at the time or something. It was absolutely huge. And he was like, this is my friend, the head of this giant company. He doesn't have a badge. Could you see about getting him in? And then he went in to give the talk. And I'm out there like, we have, we are drilled so hard when you become a volunteer. It was like, no badge, no entrance. You tell them this. And it was sort of like, the speaker of the keynote just asked me to get the CEO of this major game company into this. And so I was just like, no no and um yeah you can go buy a pass single one at the front desk and um he gave me some nice speech about how it's like you know i run a major organization and uh i can appreciate that you're just doing what you're told uh, 
something like that. It was, uh, it was a weird. Wow. Oh, oh man. Like I, I a hundred percent agree with you, Andrew, about everything you said about how it, it, it's rough that like you, uh, how it's 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 uh it's rough that like people are expected to make this this pilgrimage to San Francisco to to mill around with a bunch of people um and I've it, it shouldn't be necessary I uh 100% agree with that um and also uh GDC is the reason that I got a job <laughs> or right. my, my first job well I mean, uh, but that was my caveat I said if you want to work for yeah. a company no that's that's a good point and also, I almost got kicked out of a bar there, which is really exciting. Because <laughs> um, while well, I was doing a writing competition, um, but because uh, because they well because well, because at the time it was like at the time I was uh, I yeah I was like twenty um, and uh, and and I was there as like part of the like the, the GDC narrative competition or whatever, um, which is where they, they have a bunch of students uh, from like game schools or not even necessarily game schools all over the country. They write a big, long essay about uh, like dissecting the narrative of each game and uh, or of like a game they pick and um, you send it in and Richard Dansky and I think some other people, Richard Dansky is uh, like the guy who writes all the Tom Clancy games, um, judges it. And if you do goo, then uh, like uh, like twenty or thirty people they get a pass. Um, and also you, you make a poster and you stand next to it and people ask you about it. Um, so I had done that, uh, and he walks up to me, this guy, and he's like, "Are you going to are are you going to write club later?" And I'm like, uh, "When is it?" And he, he tells me like where and when. Um, and write club had been had been uh, was I, I I for context. I was losing my mind about it because it was something that was talked about very frequently during one of the classes I had taken at WPI, which is a writing class. Um, in fact, they had us do it as an exercise. It's like a competition. It's like an improv writing competition, basically. Um, like it, it's very brief so that they give you like a prompt, like, I don't know, like, uh, like what should the next like major first person shooter game that takes place ex inclusive exclusively in Kentucky be called. Um, and you have to like write a funny answer. Um, or, uh, and the problem was I did pretty well in the competition. It was like 30 people and I actually tied for fourth. Um, but the problem is in San Francisco, you are, once the kitchen closes, you are not allowed to be in a bar. Um, and oh. through a series of sitcom level blunders while they were going around kicking everybody out, they missed me. Um, but the security was still very present and I was so full of the tomato anxiety in the entire time. It was, it was a lot. It was very much. Um, yeah. I get that there's, there was a certain, in my first GDC, there's a certain, um, I don't know if this is the point where you felt you hit, cause it's little, but I, I felt like I networked to above my ability to exist in that sphere. I was successful enough yes. to like. I just sort of, I didn't, you know, I just come out of a, a master's, but I didn't really know anybody in games. I didn't go to Boston and I just worked out as friendly to reps and I got invited to this or that. And I found myself that year at the big Microsoft party, which was a great thing. That's like this, but I was like, yeah, I want to get into the big party. Once I got there, I realized like I have no context for talking to most of these people. My life is so different than my experiences are so different. And it's such a big loud party that I, I just felt like I, um, I networked beyond my ability for it to be useful to me. Um, and it was a really weird um, 
good and bad. You know, it's like, yeah, I got here, but the ambition, and I think sort of some of the value of GDC to me has been going and figuring out, observing to see how do people interact with each other? What are their values? What are their purposes for being here? What do they get out of it? And are those things that I want to get out too? Because even just identifying like, ah, I don't want these things that these people want. I'm not here actually for this job or talk to this publisher frees me up to search for like, I am here to try and find something I intellectually connect with here or to meet a, a person who would also care about the same things I do. And the people who care about what I do aren't going to be here. They're, they're going to be there. But it's, it really took some fumbling and going to GDC and spending time being awkward, not knowing what I was doing there. And I think this sort of gets to your point, Andrew, about like, it, it's not desirable. It, it wasn't cheap and it wasn't quick, you know, and I had the luxury of time and money to go figure these things out. It's unfortunate that that's a, that's a gatekeeper for everybody. But if you can get through those gates, and one of the reasons I did it, things I did originally was by, I volunteered for several years, so I got a free pass. Still, it's time and travel, but there is a lot of value to it. It's just, it's not a quick buy a ticket, get return on investment right away. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's also like, it, it depends if that's kind of like, it leads you down a very specific, like GDC is a, a, um, a stop on a way down a very specific style of road that I don't think like everybody wants to like, uh, that's not the kind of road I want to go down as a developer. It's like, I'm not interested in that sort of like, um, I mean, I, I mean, I even, I personally don't have the skill set to get hired at most. I mean, I, I perhaps could as like, I've definitely recently applied to places, including uh, I, the joy of applying to a place and having video be like, oh, wow, what a toxic work environment. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I just applied to, to work there. What a, what a treat I'm looking forward to. I can't wait to I'm, never hear, luckily not hear back, but um, part of it's making, you make GDC a part of it. When you show up, you are yeah, a part of it, you know? Yeah, you, you, yeah, can, know. you can, in a small way, tilt it. Like, you do so much work to tilt the games industry with Indiepocalypse and everything. I'm, I guess yeah. I'm a little surprised you don't see any opportunity for yourself to influence what GDC is? Is it just like you think it's too big or on one track? Yeah, well, it's like, what do I, what do, what, what, oh, I mean, I often wonder, like, I remember there was a, some meetup group or something that was like a games industry event, but you, a games, like games dev meetup, but you have to be within the games industry. And I had, had this question is like, am I in the games industry? And my answer is no, I'm not in the games industry. I, I don't fit into like the, I don't, I don't have like my, my, my budget is tiny near non-existent. I have like little to no impact, um, very little, um, public standing. So it's like, I'm not in the industry really. So what do I, what do I do at GD? Let's say for instance, GDC, this, I mean, you could, cause that's like a very, um, like that's, I mean, it's a, it's a trade show. It's, uh-huh. a, it's like a corporate trade show. It's not like a convention. So It's like, very different than, like, I've been to E3. E3 had no uh, humanity. Right, right. But, I, I mean, corporate <laughs> but, trade show in terms of, like, this is where corporations go, and they network, and they talk to each other, as opposed to, like, a PAX, which is, like, this is a public-facing convention for people to sell wares primarily. So I know where I go to, like, a, a, um, a convention because I'm selling wares, but what do I do at a GDC? Like I, I, I have very little to offer to um, the average game developer who goes to GDC. I, I think so. I don't think that's true. I think I think you could find a lot of uh, um, kinship. Uh, 
conceptually and a lot of potentially enlightening or challenging conversations. I don't not I'm not a huge advertiser. I know GDC's yeah. got problems. I'm not going this yeah. year. It's a big thing, but I, I do think I could picture you if you wanted to having a at least step one. I, I could imagine you having a good time there and sure. meeting interesting people and having good conversations. And I can imagine a lot of people this I can be clear on. I know there would be people there who would be very happy to have had you and your thoughts be part of their experience at GDC. Yeah, but I'm also very mercenary in a way. And it's like, does that turn into money? Or does that turn into that person even talking about Indie Apocalypse publicly? You know, does that... Not in the short term. It's not something you can bank on. No, these are are long-term bets. Long-term gains. They're sort of mind changers. I don't know. Yeah, so so for someone who is working functionally two full-time jobs, the idea of like... Well, I have to go and be friends with everybody so that they they will support my thing as a as a work acquaintance rather than as the work itself. I just it's it's, it's a lot of thing I don't have time for, you know. Well, there's also some about I mean, a long term game you could be playing with Indie Apocalypse, not to be backseat coaching business stuff you don't really care about, but like you know, going to GDC, talking about it, it it uh it, it's small, giving presentations about it. That's helps establish some social proof and groundwork and and right. uh, just. Detritus around the world when someone who's looking for, say, uh, an art project to sponsor or to give to, you know, or like you apply to an art funding grant just to have left a trail in the universe of stuff you did. GDC is one of the places you can leave a stamp of I was here, I existed, take me seriously. Yeah, it's also across the country and very expensive. Yeah, (laughs) it's also like, you know, what is it like? I don't know, a month, two months worth of salary or something (laughs) like we're not well, talking. I've never, here. I've never bought a full pass. I've been sure. fortunate enough to find other ways. You volunteer, or you get just the indie pass for like, I don't know. The price keeps changing. It's definitely it sub five hundred last I looked, which is still a lot. Yeah, I can go to whole events for five hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, um, and that neighborhood is if you, a cheap hotel. In that neighborhood is not safe. Um, it's got all sorts of problems. Yeah, yeah. and like, but I'm sure I'll do it again someday. <laughs> Yeah, it's like it's you know enough to harp on one 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 specific event, but I just don't. I don't know if it is the event for me. You know, they do pay some speakers, so that's one way. Oh, they oh they do that now, but like the do they pay speakers who are um, CEOs? That are, you know what I mean? They've paid me. Yeah. Okay. Ooh. Oh man. Yeah. They, yeah. I'm. I'm. I. I live in this very mysterious space where, uh, despite how much I talk, I actually am uh, quite a bit of an introvert. Uh, talk, going to to big things and talking to lots of people like completely wipes me out. Um, like and and also like even sometimes going to like smaller things. Like even I love like doing running Boston postmortem like meetings. Like I love doing Boston postmortem. It's great. Um, after a Boston postmortem meeting is done, I'm like, all right, and it's 9 p.m. and it's time to go to bed. <laughs> like you know, yeah, like yeah, I get very tired um i like talking to people but i do not i do not in any way gain like energy from it um but uh like so so like networking and i and i also i i get anxious very easily um so like networking is always like such this like this big like and, and now that i've like you know been like around at least like the boston area for like a while and like i've talked to enough people um it's like definitely a lot less of like a big ah uh, thing and and more of uh and 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 more of a skill i enjoy flexing because i consider myself to be pretty decent at it yeah um but at the same time 
uh like i also like very much like get where you're saying when it's like oh god like it's a whole thing it's really a whole thing what what i what i really what i really get out of it besides like is it like a it, this multi-year process of you know winning hearts and minds and does it win <laughs> yeah, yeah do i win hearts and minds more mm -hmm. than like you know the the like the the smaller like the, the fingy levels do i or do they like oh well those are the like the indie the indies and this is a a neat curiosity kind of like kind of like this level of indie has been where it's like oh we put them on free game blogs or whatever yeah. but they're not like they're not taken seriously by the, the you know the cat you know proper noun industry and they I feel that because they don't make money and they're not like huge budget things and they don't like Sony's you know you're not going to publish this stuff on like the e-shops and like PSN and stuff because like it just doesn't fit into that market yeah and yeah I, I feel that because I was I was you know most of like events I was going to I was going with a very con concrete eventual goal of I would yeah. like a job at some point you know <laughs> like it's like I, I would I would like to to like work at a company in the industry or or at least like figure out like some way to like be in like you know or like to to work in games uh but like at the same time like yeah it, it also like very much added another level of stress to it because especially while i was a student it felt like you know when i'm going to like this event i'm really like only like i don't really have anything myself to offer yeah. i am simply like you know like like for lack of a better term i'm like taking from other people because uh like i i you know at the time i'm i'm just like a little gremlin creature making my own video games when i get the chance um and I'm, I am actually like really looking forward to um, like when, uh, you know, when, when COVID starts to let up more, I am looking forward more to now to uh, going to more events because it feels like I will like have something to give back more to the community. But also it's also weird because I would never tell any student and any other student that <laughs> like, yeah. I would never say like, like I would never say that to like anyone else, but I, I, I basically, I, I I really feel that that idea of like I don't know like what what you were saying about like uh, even though I I would I like I guess it's up to your own personal uh, you know perception of it. Um, given all the work that you do for the indie game dev community, I would consider you to be in the industry. But I guess it depends on what you define as in the industry. Right, and like, bear in mind, to... I'm also a, a born and bred New Englander, full of all sorts Fair. of New England self-loathing. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel that. Um, but like, I guess, like, I I feel that even though I I even though I disagree with it in your case, I feel that about like like what am i like you know do i belong here and like what yeah. like i guess like what can i offer here if that makes right. sense i think a lot of it has to do i think i think this all changes if i have if i personally have way more wealth you know if i <laughs> if you add a couple zeros oh, yeah. to yep. like my initial offerings and my commission rates if you just tack yep. a couple zeros to any of those suddenly mm -hmm. i'm actually very important you know yeah <laughs> well i mean i guess I'm, part of it is i wonder is like whose toes are you worried about stepping on right like mm -hmm. if you're like oh i don't fit in this space um well they 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 grabbed a big namespace game development or these human beings whatever it is and like if i don't respect if they don't think i i don't know like i i want you you're doing this work to change perceptions you're going into spaces like flea markets and yeah. trying to change a perception of what belongs here um and i think you have that same 
right? I wouldn't blame you for showing up in a game space like GDC or Indicate or something and being like, here's my idea of what belongs here. Here's what's good. Here's what the discourse should be about. Here's the kind of stuff we should be talking about and looking at. I think that's a great, I know that's not a mentality that's comfortable for everyone to take, but. No, I am, I am, I have no issues with being my, I am already <laughs> aware that I can be mildly antagonistic at times, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I have no particular, like, I mean, I was just, when I was talking about the articles today, I was talking about how some people who are like, oh, I love Indie Apocalypse and this is so great. And then after I had, um, uh, aired some grievances with the way they talked about it, I suddenly stopped hearing from them <laughs> because mm-hmm. I took, I took just, just like light issue with, um, the way they present or the way they talked about it. Cause I am very, the, the one thing I, ch- I am very um, particular about is like, I don't like, <laughs> are you pausing for a polite way to find a way to name a racial group or what was, no, it's, uh, <laughs> I think you said one second, which means you now get more of my automaton skills. <laughs> <laughs> Musical interlude. So I had to do some work real quick. Uh, okay. Had to fuse work and all that. Um, so the one thing I get very particular about and get like, generally I know this is not for everybody, you know, what I do. And a lot of people are going to just sort of bounce off and go, oh, that's neat or whatever. Like it's it's independent art. That's just, it, it, that's how it is in every medium. <laughs> but I do did to get a little... Um, when it's like ah, it's it's when it, it's treated as like a fun novelty or like a uh, not something that's real, you know, or like a, I kind of had like three <laughs> three instances like back to back to back of like, so I'm being like oh this is just like the thing this you know the someone at indie you know super rare was like oh this is just like indie mixtape I'm like, what do you mean you mean the thing that I made before you made that is just like the thing you made. And I was, you know, and it was people being like, oh, what a cute, what are they calling it a community project or just calling it a place for beginners and amateurs. And I got like, you know, I got on a tear. So basically what I'm saying is I'm not upset with like, I have no particular issue with um, <laughs> finding, this finding framing, boats and walking them around. Do you see that um, uh, PAX East this year, uh, you know, they don't have Megabooth, um, but they, they said they're, they rebranded, they're doing like a indie section and they called it indie rising or something like that or rising something these are from rising in there um and then sorry i missed what you said i had to get up for a second again i have sorry i'm in the middle of fixing something sort of so i need to get up and down all of a sudden that wasn't expecting to have to do you were saying you see i got what you said when you said did you see pax east and then i stopped hearing you so pax east um they announced to have some like indie rising category yeah uh or, or something for to, like support indies and to have a thing um, and they had a paragraph in there that I thought was this really sort of sadly patronizing thing about like, hey, everybody needs some help on their way up uh, yeah. doing, you know, or, you know, which is this it's this kind intended thing. But what's basically saying is that these games are not where they they're not where they could be. They're not where they should be. They're not where they want to be. Um, they aren't uh, they aren't fully formed. The people making them don't necessarily, uh, you know, they're, they're working at this disadvantage. And I just think that was a real um disservice to to people who don't want the same outcome or output or life ex- life or or anything for them or their games as these big triple a displays at Pax east to, to make it sound like um 
you're you're either a, a little chick, baby chick, or a chicken. Yeah, uh, I've, I've, I may have existed something else. I yeah. may have been sitting at a um, I may have been around a a um, an independent retailer of indie games at uh, PAX East. You know, and, and I heard someone selling the games, talking about, oh, here's a nice little thing of games that are on itch that aren't aren't good enough or ready enough for Steam and that kind of mentality. And I'm like, you're actively you're actively selling these things. Like, what does that attitude have? And that kind of like, and that's the kind of thing that just like jades me. Like, oh no, this is what people think. Like, this is how, and this is someone who's like trying to promote these games. And like, oh, this is that's what makes me scoff at like, oh no, industry is all just like moneyed assholes. Blair. <laughs> Who have this very particular? I'm sorry, I'm gonna. Whenever I cut out randomly, because I have to keep turning a breaker no, off. Super fair. No, I have no to worries. keep turning a breaker off and on. Um, mm. Yeah, and it's just kind of like where I, that's where like, oh no, that's the kind of thing that makes me say, oh, I do not fit in with like these groups because it is no, oh no, the in, the industry as you people refer to it as industry is people who have like, it feels like it, it borders on like a class thing sometimes. Like, oh no, these people have a lot of money, you know, that's like, it's not, it's like they're just making products. They have companies, they have like, it's just not a space that I fit in that the people I work with and like the contributors I have fit in. Like these are people who just like do not have, and then it's like, and then the rest of the culture, the rest of like the market, and all this is made to cater to the people who can like, you know, pay console licensing fees <laughs> and pay for all this stuff and have like hire community managers and I have companies and like all these sorts of things and that's what that's what makes it feel like such a wholly different world, you know. Well. It is a bunch of wholly different worlds that are connected to each other. I mean, the way I approach it is, is is probably is different than a lot of other developers because I did decide a long time ago this is this is my career, this is my hundred percent focus that I'm doing. And so when I come up against something like a five hundred dollar console fee, like to me that's I do have to look at it in the lens of this is my primary business, um, and if you're running a business, that kind of money is to be expected to be paid for things. This is a kind of hurdle to to go through. Um, and so it's, and it's not that my, I don't know, my artistic aspirations and beliefs of what games are and should be are so much different from someone else who thinks, who, for whom that fee is just out of the question. It's just, that is where I have entirely focused my life energy for what I want to do. Yeah. I mean, even getting to that, that point is like, you know, it's, it's a big advantage to even be able to have $500 to spend on something, you know? Absolutely. Which is um, the kind yeah. of like the space that I'm sort of working in. It's like, you know, I'm still in the mentality. Like the idea of something costing over a thousand dollars seems illegal. It seems like how can something cost that much money? <laughs> how it's like it's inconceivable. You know, that's like oh, that's a thing you're going to pay off for a couple of years. But uh, you know, it's. I mean, you get. And I don't know where we are in this year because this was sort of you know ten years ago when I was more in tune with this and I was doing the same thing as a lot of people. It was a lot of. Indies, younger people who are a few years out of college, maybe they had a job for a little while, who've decided to to they to spend their a good chunk of their savings right. as this runway to try and take off, and that was a thing I just witnessed. Uh, you know, I was a group of six people I was in Boston around the same time who had all sort of done that. We're all like, all right, quit my day job, spending my savings on a couple of years to try and 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 do this, and that's um, 
that's that's exciting and that's it's a huge privilege and it's it's also it's a weird terrible thing to compete with right um because later on you're going these these they're not funded by real or sustainable economics you're competing against you're competing against people throwing taking these huge chances and throwing their lifeblood into something and that's who i I don't know it's a weird it's a weird uncomfortable thing but it's a it's a reality you can't stop someone from saying like I saved up five years for my job. I'm going to quit and do it. You can be like, no, that's untenable. Like, I know it's untenable. That's my dream. Yeah. I'm going to do it. Like, I don't know. Yeah, no. It's just the space. I, and I, that's and that's kind of the thing that I, I want to create a space for someone like, doesn't have to spend five years yeah. on something. You know, they can spend like a weekend or they, if they spend five years, they can still like, you know, as you're, as you're making your opus, you're, you're writing your you're master novel or whatever, you can still submit to short fiction anthologies, but there are no short fiction anthologies in video games, you know? There's the one, and it's me, and I don't pay very much. <laughs> but, and I'm trying to, like, carve out a space where maybe there's more of them. Maybe you can do it more often. Maybe there's, like... I mean, the few that still exist are still very, like, walled off, you know? They're still invite-only. Yeah. And, like... Or, like, very niche... And they're still like, I'm the only one that's still like, hey, you know, you you could be literally anyone, you know, you could be some nobody nobody cares about or knows about that has no online presence, but you made something interesting and you submitted it, and I'm gonna include it, rather than you're my friends who work at Riot or whatever, and like, oh yeah, you need a leg up, all right, <laughs> or uh, you know, it's kind of like. I don't know, trying to make a different space for these kind of things. I think it's super meaningful probably to a lot of uh, earlier career game developers who want to, to, to believe in themselves is to have someone like you believe in them and to demonstrate their worth and to be able to say to yourself, I am now a paid published yeah, uh, game author, I think <laughs> is, is just highly motivating. There's just, listen, I pay there's a startling number of people who I've given them the most money they've ever made off of games, you know, yeah. and I don't give out a lot of money, <laughs> but it's yeah. that, it's that feast or famine lifestyle. Yeah. And like, that is like one of the things that I love like the most about games is like, at least like to some degree, like I, there, there are a bunch of caveats to this, but like, you know, I have a bunch of asterisks here, but to some degree, like, just like how accessible I guess games are like to make in terms of that like if you've got a computer like and like you've got an internet connection like you can pro- and you've got time that's the other important thing then you can probably make a game um and like you can probably like put it out somewhere on the internet yeah um but also it, like while there is like that accessibility there to like anyone can like make and slash or like release a game um, it is very much like, like you say, like a lot of like, you know, a lot of who makes the most money in game development, especially like, I feel like when it comes to a lot of, um, like, like a, a lot of independent studios is like, uh, like obviously, you know, some, like th- there are people who, uh, you know, like who don't, who, who don't fit in these categories, but I feel like a lot of it is like all right, like, I was an indie game dev, but I already had, like, all of these connections or whatever, right. and, like, so I managed to, like, hook up with, like, a really good, like, marketing person, or, like, I managed to get a leg up with a publisher or whatever, or there's, I got stupid lucky, <laughs> like, you <Right>. know, <laughs> um, and not, right. not to say there isn't, like, a, you know, a spectrum of people in between, um, but it, it is a shame, because it's, like, anyone can make a game, but also, like, 
not any like you don't always necessarily like hear from the anyone who could make a game right and there's no like there's no like gigs you can work you know as a game developer in between there's like making your own art you can't like there's no equivalent of like playing dive bars or whatever you know of like Uh, i think there is a bit work is yeah i have done a lot of contract work in the last right right but that's like Mm -hmm. making working for somebody else you know that's Mm. I mean, depending how able you are to, I mean, I, I get to decide for the most part what gigs I accept, you know, so right. I've, I've really enjoyed like, uh, I've done some stuff with uh, Northeastern University because I'm really interested in, in learning games. And so, yeah, they were their projects that they'd already defined where going, but I heard about them and I was like, yeah, that is, you know, that's the kind of gig I want to play along with. And so sure. I, that was a win-win, you know, there are some like that if you, mostly for programmers. Right, right. Yes, for like the generalist, you know, who kind of like is sort of all right enough at everything to make their own games. Like, what do you do? You can't really like that doesn't transfer to jobs or employment very often because it doesn't have like you don't have. Never mind. Like, I mean, the nightmare application is like not something new to specific to games where it's like entry level positions with five years of experience. It's like good luck there. But that has nothing to do with games. That's just like you know, industry. That's kind of like people just putting whatever they want on applications and not a a game specific problem per se. But, you know, you know, all this to say is that I, I I don't know. I don't, I, I I don't think I still sort of maintain that at, at the best going to a GDC would have some people be like, oh, yeah, I know about them. Like, weird that this thing that desperately needs people's attention, you know about that, but you never mentioned it. I'm just going to head down to local Ace Chemicals and jump into the vat as one one does and emerge truly, truly jokerfied. (laughs) Truly (laughs) jokerfied. Because why? (laughs) What is Um, the benefit? Like, I'm glad you... Anyway. Um. I don't know. I th- I think if I had more money, I I would probably just like go because or I would go to more of them because it's like you know, hey, worst case, I run my mouth and everybody hates me, but they didn't know who I was <laughs> when I started, and it's not like mm-hmm. it was really gonna open a lot of doors anyway. You know, it's clearly not a profitable model. Well, I think a lot of what the 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 reason the. There are a lot of motivations for why I've done a lot of different things to yeah. you know, sell games and whatnot. But the ones that I just find I'm generally most happy with, and again, it's when I have the luxury to do this, is when I participate in things purely because um, I want to know more about what it feels like to participate in them. I want to know more about this space. Um, and because that's one of the easier things to satisfy is to go to an event or go to a place or engage with a group because I am, I am curious about it and I feel that my life will be in some way better if I have more of an understanding of what this thing is that I'm on the outside of, because that's, that's a box I can almost always tick when I walk away from a thing like there, I did it. I now know more what that is. And sometimes I'll have knock on effects if I get another gig or I introduce to somebody or something like that, but I can never count on those. I can almost always count on, I will understand more about the thing that I didn't understand about before. And yeah. That's a little Pollyanna ish, but I, that's, that's, I'm happy with that. Yeah, I, I, my trick is I just go to shows that I would want to go to anyway. <laughs> and so it's like, if it's like a miserable experience, at least I wanted to go to TCAF or something. And I mean, granted, Toronto's also way closer. 
it's like what which ones are close and which ones do i want to attend <laughs> as events and you were talking really about going to the um what the hand eye uh society society you said it really quickly earlier and i swore you said hentai no, no. <laughs> yeah, that was also Sorry. what I thought, and I was like, and then I thought, I thought, had to think, and I was like, oh wait, yeah, no, hand eye, yeah. Sorry, yeah. hand eye, that um, that that northerner style of speaking very quickly about everything you're saying, um, no, hand eye. Yeah, I'm sure I could learn a lot of the hentai. I mean, you could like I don't know. You could not... learn a lot, but how much did you want to learn? I don't know. I don't know your background. I don't know your history with the medium. But oh, man. anyway, we're, we're, we're cresting an hour on this show, which is oh, where, wow. I, where I like to close them down. Time truly flies. Yeah. Time truly flies when you, when, when you, when you're when talking you, about anti-capitalism, <laughs> when you're like, yeah, yeah. Or whatever it is. And you know, video games, right. Video games. That's, if, if, if we're going to take anything away from this, I think, um, video games. Yeah. Video I games. feel like I need <laughs> to talk about art completely excluding capitalism for the rest of the week to make up for um, <laughs> how much time that uh, capitalism has stolen from our lives. No, yeah. 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 It's not, not ideal, but whatever. You still got to work within the rules of it at the time being, I suppose to the best you can because food still takes that green paper. It's true. And Speaking you know, of which I'm going to have food and we need <laughs> to eat that to live. It's the unfortunate core of the human body. If only I could photosynthesize. If only we could. It's not for lack of trying. Look at all this floral print. Yes. <laughs> uh, but I usually hide cameras to create a uh, a a level playing field <laughs> mentally for me. <laughs> so Fair enough. Other people can't look at me, so I don't look at them. <laughs> to, Fair enough. To maintain the power balance. But... Thanks for having us on the show, thanks, Andrew. Thanks for being on the show. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for indulging my my um my a- a- aggressive outsiderness and self loathing. <laughs> <laughs> huge mood, to be that. honest. Yeah, it's, yeah. Maybe maybe one day I will I will I will feel more comfortable and I will feel like I belong in industry spaces. But t- today remains to be not that day. Fair enough. I still. You I interview still... enough people, someday you'll show up at a meeting where the whole space is just full of people you've already talked to. And yeah. Eventually. It's your space. Eventually. Yeah. I, I dream of the day that people. At Apocalypse Con. That people. Oh, I don't <laughs> want to run that. But, but I, I would love it if people were just like, you know, your typical stuffy um, industry types with their. With their, their, their um, their studios and their producers they're like i don't like those indie apocalypse because they're too they're too loud they cause too much ruckus as <laughs> <laughs> like a disruptive force who, who has little respect for the uh, the ways of the industry or something but who knows Dream on. i think i think the the sad realities you're just going to find yourself all too respected by those folks yeah, well, <laughs> too respected. I'll, I'll take I'll take the empty wholesome positivity, toxic positivity. <laughs> I will that I will eat up that toxic positivity like a like a like a chem cleanup crew. You're gonna get someone who comes to you at the door and says, uh, "I respect your ability to follow directions." Yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> I, I I look forward to like the the one day, like the one pledge drive, the one article, the one thing that like. 
suddenly Indie Apocalypse has money, and then all these people were suddenly huge fans of me all along. <laughs> <laughs> and I will be like, I can see the dollar. I can see you floating over to me with dollar signs in your eyes, like a cartoon <laughs> character, like a cartoon duck. And I'm gonna say, no, thank you. At least be less less uh, obvious about your kind of like clear opportunism. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I, th- I think that's the true divide is like really I don't have enough money for people to care primarily mm. I think if I had more of it people would care a lot more but I don't mm. so you have people being like oh it costs four million dollars to make an indie game and I'm like buddy let me tell you about <laughs> game, <laughs> games made in weekends on zero dollar budgets and turns out sucks that they're better than some of your million dollar games I suppose but that's just life <laughs> nothing you can do about it mm. But you've got the power to have like a um, game announcements and games press regurgitating PR releases for you. So, mm. leg up on me. I'm the fool here. But anyway, speaking of fools, <laughs> let's close out this cadre of fools. <laughs> and um, um, before we go, Chris, I got to know what is your wrestling opening theme? He's gone. He wants He's to gone. He's gone. Oh, no. I'll never know. I, I really love that he he's gone, but he's his like in the call. Not he's anymore. Still, his chair is here. Oh, oh! I didn't I, see. I wasn't looking at that, so I didn't know. Yeah, fair enough. He's he's his. He's, it's just an empty chair. Like it's oh, there's no. really something about it. And then I accidentally minimize it, so it's doing that thing where it puts it in a corner, and I didn't. I usually just hide behind another. How do how do I? <laughs> oh, I guess I can just get rid of show video. That works too. Mm. Um, usually I put a window over it so I don't see it um, anyway. also and I know that this was directly from my Twitter but I, I do have to say I'm glad you chose this image of me because it's one of my favorites yeah <laughs> usually I um, when I when I promote it I do use people's Twitter avatars mm-hmm. to kind of get like a um, visual symmetry across like oh I looked at this promotion this this announcement of a show on Twitter and then I clicked over them it's the same mm-hmm. picture and also when I'm pressed for a picture real quick I just go to Twitter <laughs> When I, say, I have, oh, there you go. When I say forget to ask for people's pictures, like, I have this a full version of this image of me, and also I made one of my roommate, and they're hanging up as portraits in the kitchen. <laughs> the, the picture of me is everything you dislike. It's that's from um, the humble bundle party at GDC. <laughs> oh, nice, dude. Hey, I was nice. humble to, to um, except any apocalypse until except any apocalypse. Yeah, I submitted it like. 20 times and they always they're like oh we don't have enough space on our servers and i'm like ah uh, i'm yeah, so sorry everybody for i know they're quit Sad. <laughs> i'm so sorry i'm can you could you delete one of the call of duty gun skins for me and fit yeah. the apocalypse on there uh and then eventually i just stopped doing it because it was like a waste of my time but like that, that, i mean that's the kind of thing that makes me feel like oh no no this is not for the industry because like what wh- why would hunbull reject it i don't understand mm. Because it's like a, it's just a market. It's just like a, just a market. What? Why does it? Who cares? They have a, they, they have infrastructure issues. Like yeah. they have funny things going on their back end. I'll, sure. I know this recorded. I'll say that Humble's got a funny back end. Sure. <laughs> if they tell you we're having trouble with our back end with this idea, they're probably not lying. They got a funny back end. Well, I'm sure if I was Ubisoft, they'd find the ways to work through that back end. You know. <laughs> Anyway, um, Kate, what have you got to plug? We're going to shut this down. That's how I shut it down. 
Oh boy. Uh, I, I'm going to plug uh, my Twitter, I guess. I don't post there very often, but every once in a while you'll hear about, I don't know, Bitcho coming up. Uh, Boston when does Bitcho usually air? Oh boy. No I use. wish I could tell you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bitcho Can- airs when we were like, hey, we should do a Bitcho. <laughs> okay. So we say follow the Boston Indies on Twitch. It's a good way to follow- get it. Follow Bostonians on Twitch. Follow me on Twitter at Dragon Dirigible if you want to see me get buried up to my neck in a snowdrift, I guess. Um, uh, honestly, that's pretty much the vibe. Uh, at Dragon Dirigible. Uh, dragon like the creature. Dirigible like the blimp. Perfect. Um, one word. Zyba. 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 What have you got to plug, promote? Play Block Pooper 9 on Steam. It's free, 100% free, no ads, no microtransactions. It's just a game I made just to exist, Block Pooper 9. Um, the, it's rough. The UI is terrible. It's basically a 16-player Smash Brothers, but you're pooping out of your blocks out of your neck the whole time. That's it. So that's what I'm pitching. That's the most perfect. important thing in the world, Block Pooper 9. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> just go there, get it now, shoot it to the top of the, top of the charts. Tell your favorite streamer about it. Or at least get enough people playing it that Steam doesn't classify it as a suspicious thing it's still learning about. Sure, yeah. Saiba, this is incredible. <laughs> Listen, Why I... is there a fetus here? <laughs> I have... No, that's the BitShow desk on the BitShow desk? That's a block pooper. <laughs> yeah, I just... I saw I was like, oh yeah. my god. It all makes sense. <laughs> I, I feel like I've learned deep lore. I have... I have seen... On, uh, at times I have looked, watched at games that like oh I saw those at conventions for like five years and then I'll look at their steam charts when they come out and see they have two to three concurrent players <laughs> maximum and I'm like yikes oh man so, I love this block poopers in good company <laughs> block pooper block poopers exactly where it needs to be yeah um, <laughs> why is it called nine that was the nine there I kept opening Unity projects and accidentally closing them, and I was having trouble with Git, so I get the in- number kept incrementing. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> if you actually like... get it in your library, there was a mistake in the icon like... says, or there's a background picture that says ten. <laughs> is it a mistake or is it part of this? This is really like uh, you really tickled me with this one, Zyva. Like, wow! I'm really... <laughs> so, so I love it's... this. So is it that, or is it part of an ARG? There's only really one way to find out. God. That's to download it, play with all 16 friends for 16 hours, 16 minutes, and 16 seconds. <laughs> Do it. Across nine gameplay sessions, and then you'll find out what happens when you boot it on the 10th session. God. For Get my part. Build, <laughs> building relationships one, foundations of love. So. Yeah. Yeah, man. Wow. I will, I will, I will say, you know where indiepocalypse.com, it's where you get the indie apocalypse, where you buy it. It's just, you can go, you go somewhere, it's, you can click a little things, you go to itch store, you can check out the contributors there, you can check out where they're all from, what their businesses go to their sites, <laughs> check all their stuff out. Indiepocalypse.com slash submit if you are a game developer and you're like, oh, I love to submit games to this thing and get anywhere between 20 to $70 on average. You can go there. It's guaranteed. You don't have to do any extra work, even. It's what a. You basically don't have to do anything except just go to itch and like click a couple buttons, and then your game gets enshrined in everyone's in the fourth most popular indie game anthology on the internet. 
I'm Woo. looking forward to coming the fifth and the sixth and the seventh then, because that'll mean progress for the for the form. <laughs> oh uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, and then IndiePocalypse.com/slash/patreon if you're like, oh, I listened to this show, but I want to hear it. I missed it. I missed the missed initial raid, or you're like. You were part of the 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 old Indiepocus hemorrhage from the raid, but you came back later. It's like, are they still, are they still talking about how he hates everything? <laughs> <laughs> and the answer is, I hate things because I love them. You know, it comes from it comes from a place of passion and love. But those shows are there, or you can just subscribe, and then you just get an issue every month, and you don't have to think about it. He- take a you know, cancel a couple of those true crime podcast subscriptions. You don't need those in your life. Let's be real, folks. Let's cut that voyeurism out and turn it into indie game money. Mm. Find and you know, you know, do, do people really need to? Anyway, anyway, I'm not going to go down that <laughs> hole of like, do people need thirty thousand dollars a month to grossly joke about people's murders? I don't think so. <laughs> it's kind of a, a, a when gross you could download thing. a murder simulator and and you can download a murder, yeah. <laughs> Those people aren't real people, so it's yep. like infinitely better than voyeuristic views into people's personal tragedies. It's true. Ugh, ugh, ugh. Anyway. I'm so sorry. I'm slightly distracted because I'm looking at their views for Block Pooper 9. <laughs> yeah, all their views are just a few people I know. I, I'm obsessed with I'm obsessed with the one that's it's the best pooper since Block Pooper Seven. Like, those are real. I, those are real games that were distributed around. The other Block Poopers <laughs> exist. They just never made it really publicly. Yeah. It's, 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 it really it really elaborates on the fetus subplot from Block Pooper Four. Oh my god! I'm sorry. I'm I'm really I'm you you've really oh man. I'm. You've, you've 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 truly captured my attention with this one. It's the it's the joy of unmarketable uh, games made for art. Black pooper dogs. Perfect. And with that, we are uh, going to shut this show down. I'm putting my foot down on the button that says "End Show." All right. Thank you both for being here. Thank you for this shockingly on topic in terms of <laughs> games session of Indie Apocalypse Radio. I mean, that's the thing I've realized that's like, I noticed that like, oh, you know, none of the people who like contribute to the, to the zine typically engage within the, the, like the social media discourse cycle about games. And I feel like that actually says a lot about their approach to like game design perhaps. And like, they're just like, they also feel like they're just like outside of this ecosystem. And they're like, why would I argue with these random developers about the map button in Elden Ring. Who cares about them, you know? And that kind of, like, bizarre approach to art criticism and something like that, maybe. It's something I've been noticing more and more. When I... Which is why I think maybe they don't talk about that stuff. And they're like, yeah, let's talk about food and other bizarre tangents. Fair enough. And, and indulge this... Thing. and anyway shutting it down scrolling over <laughs> because of because of the gentleness of the raid i will not have, have an, an ending song so you just play your own ending song you want to play to this after i shut it down <laughs> thank you all goodbye Bye. that's the ending song goodbye <laughs>